to the Birch Meadow Way podcast. We are students that go to Birch Meadow Elementary School. We will share what we have learned in school and our personal interests with you in this totally student-created podcast. You will learn about a lot of cool science and social studies topics. This podcast also includes non-school-related segments like a joke segment, book buzz segment, and story time. If you like this podcast, make sure to subscribe so you can get new episodes quicker. Make sure to check out our website, too. Without further ado, let's get started. Hi, welcome to the Birch Meadow Way podcast, and you're going to the eye of the storm about learning hurricanes. And you are going to learn a lot about them. Hope you enjoy the crazy storm hurricanes. A hurricane is a strong wind that forms over water, warm waters. That's why people who live near the equator have hurricanes. A hurricane is a type of storm called a tropical cyclone, which forms over tropical or subtropical waters. They give each hurricane a name so they can track it. They also give it categories so they know how dangerous it, it is or was. The scale is 1 to 5. It's called the Sapphire-Simpson scale. The first category is number 1, which is minor damage. The hurricane's winds is, just, is from 74 miles per hour to 94 miles per hour. This category is some extra winds, so it won't do much damage and destruction. The next category is category 2, which is medium damage. This wind speed is from 96 to 110 miles per hour, so more damage than Category 1. Charlotte will talk more about Hurricanes 3, 4, and 5 later in the podcast. A hurricane is formed over warm water near the equator. The warm water evaporates and meets wind. The wind must be 74 miles an hour to form a hurricane. Hurricanes are formed during the end of the summer when the water is the warmest and hurricane season ends in the beginning of fall. Effects Hurricane Katrina hit and the horrible storm broke a dam and flooded all of New Orleans. And it dropped the population a lot and they lost a lot of money. It was hard for New Orleans what happened that day. The most common places for a hurricane to hit in the world is China, USA, Japan, Mexico, Australia, Taiwan, and Vietnam. The most common place in the USA for a hurricane to hit is Florida, Texas, North Carolina, and last but not least, Louisiana. One or even two hurricanes strike the coast between June and November. Always gather stuff up because a hurricane could come any second now. To be safe during a hurricane, you should get emergency supplies and you should board up your windows. The way hurricanes are measured is meteorologists use hurricanes' wind speed to measure its strength. Hurricanes are rated from Category 1, the weakest, and Category 5, the strongest. Here is Category 3, 4, and 5. Category 3 is called Lots of Damage. The wind speed is from 111 to 129 miles per hour. And this level of damage is knocking a lot of bricks off your house and the trees are really whipping by now. Next is category four. This is a lot of damage. This category is called extreme damage. The water is about to explode. It is so restless and it is coming in a lot by now. Winds from 130 to 156 of wind speed. Most bricks are coming off and trees are down. Next category is disastrous damage. Your house has been blown away and the water is coming in a lot. One of the most memorable events and first-hand experiences was Hurricane Katrina. It happened on August 24, 2005. Now we're going to talk about Hurricane Andrew. Here's someone who survived Hurricane Andrew. Rachel Cuz told the newspaper 105 minutes of torture, which is also an hour and 75 minutes. Hurricane Katrina also happened in many different places because it was a big storm. Hurricane Katrina happened in the Gulf Coast, it stretched to Texas, to Louisiana, also Mississippi, and in Alabama's 
the Florida's western coast. Hurricane Katrina happened in the Gulf Coast. It happened in a lot of different places because it was a big storm, so it could spread easily. Some of the estimated damage from Hurricane Katrina was $108 billion. A lot of houses need to be fixed or rebuilt. Fun fact. In the 1900s, people did not know if a hurricane was coming. They could feel a breeze of wind, but they could not tell if it was a hurricane or not. A hurricane's winds blows at least 74 miles per hour. Hurricanes are also called typhoons or cyclones. An average speed of a hurricane is 190 miles an hour. People that die in a hurricane normally die of drowning, not from the wind speed. Every hurricane has an eye wall, and in the center of every hurricane, there's an eye. The eye is always the calmest, clear skies and always smooth in there. Sometimes sewage water and normal water mix. And, well, let's just say that's yuck. Welcome to the end, and you're out of the storm. This has been Avery, Charlotte, Jalen, and Will. Hope you learned something new about the crazy storm, Hurricane! In this part of the podcast, we will be talking about The War That Saved My Life. The War That Saved My Life is a great book, and we are going to tell you more about it. This book is about Ada, a 10-year-old girl with a club foot. One of her struggles is her mean mom. She and her brother Jamie have to escape London because of Hitler's bombs. Find out what happens to Ada and Jamie in The War That Saved My Life. By Kimberly Brewbreaker Bradley. Happy reading! Hi, it's me, Jake, here, and I'm going to share an opinion with you. Do you like dogs? I do. My favorite pet is a dog. They are playful because they like to play with their toys. Here are some awesome dog toys. A bone, a rubber ball. You should get a dog because they are so cute. When they open their eyes and they bark, they have little paws. They do silly things which are cute. Dogs can do many things fast. If you want to have a race with one, you would lose because they're so fast. They can swim fast. They are fast at getting a ball when you play catch. In conclusion, dogs are the best pet because they are cute. They love their dog toys and dogs can do things fast. You should get a dog. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Joke Junction. Get ready to have your funny bone tickled. Read, what punctuation mark would win a race? Oh no, Walter. What punctuation will win the race? The dash. Walter, what do you call a million books in the ocean? I don't know. What do you call it? A tidal wave. (laughs) Owen, what did one cow say to the other? I don't know. What did he say? Move over. (laughs) Penny, did you hear about the guy who cut off the left side of his body? No, I didn't. He's all right now. Hey, Brendan, why can't bad students work at orange juice factories? I don't know. They can't concentrate. (laughs) Hey, Walter, at what school do you have to drop out in order to graduate? I don't know. What school? Skydiving school.
Hi, I'm Eva. And I'm Avery. Today we will be talking about is snowboarding or skiing better? All right, first of all, learning. I think snowboarding is very hard to learn, but it's also very fun to learn. Skiing, there's not as much of a consequence when you fall, because when you're on a snowboard, you fall, and then it takes you five minutes to get back up. And by then, everyone else that you're snowboarding with is gone. I kind of agree, but I got really used to getting up, so that might be a problem for some people, but not me. I learned how to ski when I was around two years old, and I started racing around about four years old. I haven't done a race yet, but I'm excited to, and I started snowboarding last year. So she's definitely better at, better than me because I started last year and she started when she was two. Yeah, it's also a bit of a tradition in my family to start skiing when you were two years old. So it's not like I had much of a choice. The cost. Depending on if you're doing a race or if you're just free snowboarding, snowboarding costs more either way. Well, I kind of disagree with that because all of the race equipment can get really expensive because you need two pairs of skis, two pairs of poles, and some people even have two helmets. You need two of everything because there are two different kinds. There's GS, which is big turns, and you have larger skis. And then there's slalom, which you go around You go around the small turns and, and hit the gates. And if you don't know what a gate is, a gate is basically a pole or two poles that is stuck in the ground that you go around or hit. You can race to another person, which is called a dual course, the same exact course, right next to each other. And you can also do a single course, which is just one course that people go down. Well, snowboarding, you don't need two of everything, and you don't need poles to help you push around because snowboarding, you have to unclip one foot and use your back foot to push the board so that you can get where you need to go. Some At some points, it can get annoying, but once you get used to it, it's pretty much that way. You can race the same way as you do in skiing, just the only problem is you can't really ski and snowboard in one singular race. You can, but it's so much harder because if skiing, if you fall, then you can just get right up with your two feet. But if you snowboard and you fall, it's just unfair because it will take you longer to get up. So most races don't have skiing and snowboarding. In the same race, it would just be skiing or just snowboarding. It can happen, but not usually. Uh, I think snowboarding's better. It may be harder to learn, but it definitely is cooler. Skiing is a lot of fun, but it does definitely look cooler because with snowboarding, you're just going from one side of the snowboard to the other, and it's just like, okay, you're shifting your weight. But with skiing, you can get so close to the ground that you can seriously touch it and keep on skiing. You can do that with snowboarding if you do the toe stop. So in snowboarding, there's two types of stops, the heel stop and the toe stop. If you have the toe stop, you can bend down and touch the snow and still be able to get back up really fast and go down the hill. Another reason that snowboarding is better is when there's ice, usually skiers will have to go from side to side down a mountain. But snowboarders, you just go straight down, and then you stop right at the end. So it's so much easier. Well, with skiing, if you have skis that are sharpened enough, which allows you to dig into the ice, 
you can just continue skiing on like you were just on snow. Just you would have to get on edge, which means you would basically have to not exactly move your hips, but tilt your knees enough that your body mass is going down towards the snow. The only problem with snowboarding that I've run into is the fact that your legs, since they're on the same board, you can't move them as much as skis. So the next day, they hurt. And with skiing, you have two different legs, which stays with the natural order. If you are on a snowboard, it's basically you're just going down a mountain on a log. And like Avery said, it makes your legs hurt. I've never snowboarded before, but I'm going to just believe her. Another problem that um, you can run into while snowboarding is the fact that when skiers, they can go either way because they have two feet. Snowboarders, you're either right foot or goofy foot. Goofy foot is when you have your um, right foot in front because you're lefty, or if you have your left foot in front because you're righty. I'm goofy foot for snowboarding, but I'm right-handed for everything else. So it gets a little challenging at some points. I think snowboarding is more fun just because, one, you don't have to go from side to side, and two, you can do it with anyone at any time at any place, even if it's icy or if it's um, powdery snow or if it's hard snow. Either way, you can go anywhere. That's the same with skiing, just there's a different difficulty level, and sometimes you you need different pairs of skis for it. Like, if you're going in hard-packed snow, then it does... Uh, then I would recommend to have small skis that are good at, at quick turns. If it's powder, you need some fat skis so that you don't sink in every turn. See how much easier it is to have fun when you're snowboarding rather than skiing? Hey, skiing is just as fun, probably more. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast report about which is better, snowboarding or skiing. I think snowboarding... I think skiing, and obviously I'm right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Thank you so much for listening. Bye. Hello. Today, Owen and I are going to be talking about the Grand Canyon, and then Kai is going to be talking about the Hoover Dam. So, Owen, how was the Grand Canyon formed? Well, Noah, Lake Powell flooded, and then it started to make a stream. It dug through the ground for him in the Colorado River. Then the Colorado River picked up pebbles and rocks and pushed them aside, forming the Grand Canyon. Oh, and how did Lake Powell flood? Well, Kaya, Lake Powell flooded because there was too much rain, and the lake started getting higher and higher. Did that answer your question? Yes, it did. So, Owen, what are some of the rock layers? The youngest rock layer is the Kebab Formation. It is 270 million years old. The oldest rock layer is the Tapete sandstone. This rock layer is 525 million years old. Wow, that's old. You might be wondering how the rock layers are older than the Grand Canyon and why they're important. Well, they're not. They are the Grand Canyon. The rock layers show us how old the Grand Canyon truly is. The oldest rock layer probably is the problem. This one is probably the one with the most history. The youngest is the top layer. Noah, we need another wildlife. What is it? Some animals in the Grand Canyon are bighorn, sheep, mule, deer, mountain lions, coyotes, great foxes, and a large number of birds and rodents. 
the most dangerous animal in the Grand Canyon is the rock squirrel. Because even if you point at them, they will bite you. Some of the plants are coyote willow, arrowweed, seep willow, western honey, mosquito, catclaw, acacia. Also know exactly how big is the Grand Canyon. Well, you see, Owen, the Grand Canyon is 1,450 miles long and 277 miles wide. Also, the Grand Canyon is over one mile deep. Whoa! To be exact, it's 6,000 feet deep. Owen, what canyon can we compare to the Grand Canyon? Well, you see, Noah, we can compare the Grand Canyon to the Yardling to Sample Canyon. The Yardling to Sample Canyon is 17,567 feet deep. The Grand Canyon is 6,000 feet deep. The Yarling to Sangville Canyon is 5,300 feet tall. The Grand Canyon is 2,000 feet tall. The Yarling to Sangville Canyon is 500 kilometers long. And the Grand Canyon is 1,450 miles long. The Yarling to Sangville Canyon is 100 to 200 meters wide. And the Grand Canyon is 277 miles wide. It is scientifically proven that the Yarling to Sangville Canyon is bigger than the Grand Canyon. Time for Did You Know? Did you know President Benjamin Harrison saw the need to protect the Grand Canyon and created the Grand Canyon National Forest Reserve? Wow! Did you know before the Grand Canyon, it was just flat land in the Sonoran Desert? No! Cool! Did you know the Grand Canyon is bigger than Rhode Island? What? Now Kai is going to talk about the Hoover Dam. Hi, I'm Kai, and I'll be talking about the Hoover Dam. Why is the Hoover Dam important, Kai? The Hoover Dam is important for the farmland. The farmland is good for the food, and it feeds the people who live near the Hoover Dam. The Hoover Dam is also good for the water. The people need the water for drinking, washing clothes, hands, and other dishes. The Hoover Dam is good for energy, too. Why was the Hoover Dam built? The Hoover Dam was built to give every state their share of water. When was the Hoover Dam built? The Hoover Dam was built from 1931 and 1936. That's five years, and it's located in Arizona. What were the problems and challenges building the Hoover Dam? The problem in building a dam as big as this was cooling the concrete. This dam would take over 100 years to cool, and when it cooled, it would crack. The Hoover Dam is 726 feet tall. The Hoover Dam's length is 1,244 feet. Its width is 45 feet. So it's long, but not that. Did you know over 100 people died making the Hoover Dam? Did you know visitors to the Hoover Dam can view art that honors the men who died making the dam? Wow, Owen, this was a rocky broadcast. Thank you for listening to us. I hope you enjoyed it. Have a good day, Birchie Bears. Bye. Hi, I'm Michael. I'm rafting down the Colorado River in the Grand Canyon. It's a little bit bumpy, but I'm okay. Some of the rocks down here where I'm rafting are 2 billion years old. There are many layers of rock that you can see in, in the canyon. Near the top, there is a layer 
that has dinosaur fossils, you can find ancient reptile footprints in another in another layer. You can count the, the rock layers to find out how old they are. The Grand Canyon is 277 miles long and one mile deep. Wow, that's deep. Water from the Grand Canyon from the Colorado River and wind from the Grand Canyon. That's all about the Grand Canyon. Hope you enjoyed your visit. See ya. The book buzz today is I Survived the Pearl Harbor Attack, 1941 by Lauren Tarshish. We recommend this book because there's a lot of action. The main character, Danny Crane, moved from New York to Hawaii. He moved there because his mom thought New York was too dangerous. Little did she know, Pearl Harbor was about to be under attack. To this day, the bombing was a big part of Hawaii's history. You may think that this topic is boring, but the author makes it so that you don't get bored by including love, action, and fun parts. It was the Japanese that had attacked Hawaii. The reason why Japan had attacked Hawaii was they wanted to take control of the USA. They attacked Hawaii first because they have a big base that will help to attack the other U.S. states. We hope you like this book, Buzz, and we hope you like action because this book is full of it. Thanks for listening to our episode. We hope you have fun listening, and we know you learned a lot. We certainly had a lot of fun doing it. Remember to hit subscribe and check out more of our episodes. And don't forget to go to the Birds and Other Ways podcast website. Learn, achieve, and believe together.